Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105, 1 FM, 910 The Fan is proud to be the home here in Richmond, Virginia for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard on 910 The Fan with a two-hour pregame show and postgame show. And, of course, the Commanders fell once again over the break to the San Francisco 49ers. I will say in Chase Young's return game, he did nothing, made zero impact. One tackle. That made me feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But the rest of the game, I didn't feel good. Actually, I will say, I was proud of my team went to halftime against the best team in the NFL, the Niners, 10-10. I was proud about that. It was nice. It, it it did make you wonder how hard the 49ers were playing. Oh, is that what you were wondering? You, know, you weren't mean, giving my boys credit? CMC, Terry McLaurin, six catches and a touchdown grab? McCafferty had 60 yards that game. Yeah, I know. And then he got hurt, and <laughs> yeah. then they, they went with the backup who like ran all the way over us, too. He McCaffrey hurt his calf. McCaff. McCaff hurt Hurdy. his calf, yeah. Um, my calf hurty. Yeah, so Commanders lose 27-10. to 10. And I'm, I'm, look, I, I told Michael, I'm, I'm just so pissed off that Ron Rivera is still coaching this team here. And I get it. There's one game left. He was going to be fired the day after the game, blah, blah, blah. But I don't even want to watch these games anymore. And it's hard for me to get excited about an NFL draft with a ton of top picks when we don't know who's going to be picking these players. It's hard to be, get excited about the offense when... We might be looking for a quarterback again. It's hard to me get excited about the defense developing over the offseason when we don't know who's going to be here. I mean, I've seen reports even our best player, defensive tackle John Allen, might be traded this offseason. We don't know who's going to be on the roster. It's going to be a ton of change, and I'm having a hard time getting excited about it. I think the, the, the thing to get excited for is that with it being new, surely there's no way it could be worse than this year. <laughs> I mean... Hopefully, right? I mean, four wins, maybe five if they beat the Cowboys, even though I'm praying for a loss. Um, You're right. This feels like rock bottom. But it also, you know, the thing is, is Ron just got into our ears, got into our minds and said, give me four years. I'm going to build this thing up. And here we are year four. And now he's talking about, oh, I needed five years. Right? (laughs) And, And then you have the Eagles, who it took him two years with a new head coach to win a Super Bowl. Right? And so... I just think Ron has screwed up this franchise so much that we've taken steps back to before the Rivera era. We're back in Gruden land. I, we're, we're nowhere. Like right. It seems like this team is, it, we might as well be, call it by a different name, put it in a different city, because it's all new. Yeah, yeah. So Hogshaven, our buddies at Hogshaven, Kyle put up a list of Ron Rivera's top 10 worst decisions as the head coach in D.C. We'll go through those right now here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, and Ron's first mistake goes back to 2020, his first year in charge of the Washington Commanders. When Washington had the number two overall pick, funny enough, here we are four years later. What do they have, Stubb? The number two overall pick. Back at it again. Back at it again. Ron's biggest mistake was not drafting a quarterback, going with Chase Young. And that's why I've always felt like Chase Young defined the Rivera era. A guy with a lot of upside that never reached his potential. And that's what I felt like with Ron Rivera's rosters here in D.C. So instead of drafting 
a quarterback instead of maybe trying to trade up to number one. Cincinnati took Joe Burrow. Oh, maybe they'll trade back and take a quarterback. Miami took Tua. Oh, maybe they'll still grab for a guy at number six. The Chargers took Justin Herbert. Those three guys are better than any quarterback we've had in the last 15 years here in Washington. I mean, Tua has the Dolphins playing incredible, right? They've had a few slip-ups here and there, but they've had an unbelievable season, and he's one of the top quarterbacks in passing yards. Justin Herbert has had his issues with the Chargers, but that's the court, that's the coach, that's the coordinators, and that's the skill players like Mike Williams always getting hurt. He is a bona fide starter in the NFL. He I mean, is unbelievable. He's tall. He has a great arm. He's got good accuracy. Yeah, he hasn't been able to win clutch games, but I don't think that's on him. I think Justin Herbert's going to be a starter in this league for another 10 years. And they fired their coach. Yeah. And then <laughs> something, there's, something there's be Joe nice. Burrow, who's already made it to a Super Bowl. So those three guys were available. Washington went with Chase Young. Yeah. Ugly. All right. Um, so that's what you get, right? Oh, Washington's going to go with Chase Young. That's a big mistake by Ron Rivera. I mean, that is, that's number one on the list for good reason, right? I mean, he just, uh, it's just so frustrating. Like, everybody knew we needed a quarterback. We, oh, but we had Dwayne Haskins on the roster. Nobody believed in him. That's mistake number two, number one. Number two, that involves the quarterback. Vastly overpaying for Carson Wentz. That was a big mistake. I'll be honest, though, I was in on Carson Wentz. I thought we could fix him. I thought, oh, the Colts were, what, 8-9 and nine with him? We could win nine games. Didn't happen. Number three, biggest mistakes Ron Rivera made in D.C. Allowing Carson Wentz to start against the Browns. Just reading that sentence makes my blood boil. This was before your time, Stubb. The Commanders were not eliminated from the playoffs. Taylor Heineke had gotten them into a position. Carson Wentz came back from the broken finger. Was making $28 million a year, and Rivera said... Even though you've stunk all season and you've been the sack leader in the NFL, just like Sam Howell, maybe there's a correlation. Oh, yeah, the offensive line sucked, has sucked, and will continue to suck. Um, he went back to Carson Wentz in the biggest game of the year. And everybody questioned it because he had done nothing. It was Taylor Heineke's team, and you took it away from him. Number four, pursuing a massive trade for Russell Wilson. Thankfully, Russell Wilson blocked the deal because... As Hogshaven reports, Russell Wilson may have actually been worse than Carson Wentz last year after Russell was so bad the past two years in Denver. They've now benched him, and the Broncos wasted $240 million. So pursuing that trade was number four for Ron Rivera. Number five, letting his chief talent evaluator get away. That was Kyle Smith, who was promoted from director of college personnel to Vice President of Player Personnel with Rivera's arrival. He had been with the organization since 2011 as a scout and was well-regarded in league circles. Ron Rivera then let him go. Number six, drafting reach first and second round projects. And then, oh yeah, trading up for a long snapper. I mean, think about these guys that were drafted way too early. Jamin Davis. I still believe he can be a decent linebacker in the NFL. It was not a first-round pick. Sam Cosme overdrafted. Jahan Dotson, way overdrafted. Fedarian Mathis, terrible. Emmanuel Forbes. They were like, oh, yeah, Forbes is having a good game against the Niners. And I was like, what are you talking about? Brandon Ayuk just had a 60-yard catch and run. The announcers, all they do is hype up players who are bad. 
It's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah, I've noticed that. Right? Oh, Bryce Young's having a decent season. No, he's not. <laughs> the, the Panthers are every single wins, game. Right? It's so annoying. Oh, and then Quan Martin. Bust, bust, and bust again. Uh, number seven, allowing Kevin O'Connell to get away. Yep. Vikings might be in the postseason with our offensive guy. Ah, Vikings aren't postseason. You don't think so? No. They might. Don't they still? I think they still have a shot here. They have a shot. Everyone's got a shot Everyone's except a for shot. the Broncos. I mean, it, sorry, bud. <laughs> and my Bills lock them in. My no, Bills are in. There's two things that need to happen for the Bills. Yeah, I know. We're gonna go over that next segment. Uh, number eight, using players in the wrong position in the wrong scheme. They point to a ton. Landon Collins played at safety. Should have been a linebacker. William Jackson the third brought over as a free agent specializing in man to man. Forced to play in zone coverage. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it goes on and on. Antonio Gibson misused his entire time in D.C. Khalid Hudson kept out of the lineup despite flashes. Number nine, cutting Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, Dustin Hopkins is having a good NFL career still without Washington. And then number 10, failing to invest adequately in what position, Stub? Quarterback. No. No. The guys that protect him. Uh, the O-line. The yes, offensive yes, yes. line. <laughs> failing to invest adequately in the offensive line. His entire tenure in Washington, we have not had a good offensive line. Yes, the Trent Williams fiasco falls at the feet of Bruce Allen. We get that. But then Ron Rivera came in and did not replace him. And then they let Morgan Moses go, and he didn't replace him. Then you let Brandon Scherf go to Jacksonville, and you pick up the guy that Jacksonville let go to get Brandon Scherf and Andrew Norwood well, no duh, he sucked. Jacksonville let him go. They upgraded. We downgraded, Ron. Make it make sense. It doesn't. It simply doesn't. Which of these decisions Ron made would you say is the most egregious? I would absolutely point to allowing Carson Wentz to start against the Browns. I mean, like, I think it held the franchise back. Not that getting into the playoffs that's, would have done anything for us as a fan base. And maybe it would have kept Dan Snyder around. I, I get that. But it was just so stupid to go back to the quarterback that failed you all season long when Heineke was having success. Oh, he didn't play well against the 49ers, so we took him out. Nobody played good against the 49ers last year. They were the best defense in the NFL. They've continued to be the best defense in the NFL. And, oh, yeah, their head coach was in Washington. Just like a lot of these head coaches that are going to be in the playoffs started in Washington. I, I want to highlight the Cheeseman incident yeah. and just what a what a miracle of a bad decision that was. Yeah. I think me as a third grader was a better long snapper than Cheeseman. Yeah, I mean, he was so bad. I, I, I love the Cheeseman quote, which was, I, I'm disappointed in myself. I know I haven't been good enough. On most organizations, I would have been cut by now. He literally <laughs> he knew it. everything. Wait, Ron couldn't cut the cheese. He couldn't was afraid the, the media would run with fart jokes for the rest of his tenure. Well, you know what? You are a fart, Ron Rivera. The rest of his You're tenure, a stinky fart. The rest of his tenure is only a couple weeks. He yeah. can handle it. Ron smelt it. Ron dealt it. <laughs> I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. 
Hey, Stubb, did you hear any of the the junkies this morning at all? Valdez recapping his New Year's and, and talking Ravens and all that? You know I wasn't awake. Yeah, well, <laughs> you should check out the junks because right. Matt, Matt Valdez, who's the producer for the Sports Junkies, comes on our show on Fridays for Don't Sleep on These Picks. And I don't know if he remembers, but early in the season when I told him I had my Ravens Super Bowl ticket on FanDuel, and I said, would you celebrate with Odell Beckham if they won? He said, I would dye my hair blonde if the Ravens win the Super Bowl. Well, I, I think there's a shot that that happens. I think there's a good shot. Like, I think you and me have both been saying for weeks now. Yeah. Because uh, it's been my pick, too. They just they look so good. So, uh, of course, a lot of people have, a lot of teams have clinched their playoff destination. And a lot of teams still have work to do. So, we're going to break down... That right now as we go around the NFL here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, so the Baltimore Ravens are 13-3. and We'll begin in the AFC as they have clinched the AFC North title. They have the one seed and they have the lone first round bye and home field advantage. That is all locked up for Baltimore. The Kansas City Chiefs at 10-6 and have clinched the AFC West Divisional title. I'm sorry, Stubb. Broncos aren't going anywhere. <laughs> uh, the Cleveland Browns at 11-5. and five, the, My favorite team in the AFC. Wacky for Flacky. Wacky for Flacky. Joe Flacco is elite. Browns are 11-5. and five. They've won four straight. They've clinched a playoff berth. The Miami Dolphins are 11-5. and five. They've also clinched a playoff berth. But Buffalo can still win the division. So Buffalo is at Miami Sunday night, 8-20. That's going to be an awesome game because Buffalo actually clinches the AFC East division title with a win. If they lose, they might be out of the playoffs. Yes, That's so Buffalo this year. If they win, not only do they make the playoffs, but they have a home playoff game and they win the title for their division. If they lose, they're probably out. I for the the Steelers would have to beat the Ravens. So here's what it is. Or all something right? else. If, um, Buffalo makes the playoffs if Pittsburgh loses, or if Jacksonville loses, or if Hindi, uh, Houston and Indianapolis tie. Right. So, yeah. It, there, there's a possibility. Yeah. We go to Houston. Houston's nine and seven. They're at Indianapolis. All right. Houston wins and Jacksonville loss, and they win the AFC South. Houston clinches a playoff berth with a win. And uh, Jacksonville loss and a Pittsburgh loss. Colts are 9-7. and seven. Colts have a shot to get into the postseason. How does that happen? Well, they need to win against Houston, or they need to tie and have Jacksonville lose. Most likely, Indianapolis needs to win their game. Yeah. Jacksonville needs to win or have Indianapolis and Houston tie. <laughs> that is yeah, a weird so scenario. The, the fifth seed's going to the Browns. Yeah. Six is going to the Colts or the Texans, whoever yeah. wins. And then the seventh could Maybe. be the Bills. Could be Pittsburgh. Could be. It, it, it's really a. It's really up in the air. Yeah. Um, so we get to uh, Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's nine and seven. They're at the Baltimore Ravens. Pittsburgh clinches a playoff spot if they win, plus Buffalo loses. Or if they win, plus Jacksonville loses. Or if they win, plus Houston and Indianapolis tie. Or if they win, plus Jacksonville loses, plus Hindi and uh, <laughs> Why do I keep saying with Hindi? Uh, Houston and Indy doesn't end in a tie. Or Jacksonville loses, Denver wins, and Houston or Indianapolis win and doesn't end in a tie. That is confusing. You remember Let's, all that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Steelers fans do. <laughs> Let's go over to the NFC. 
The Niners have clinched the NFC West at 12 and 4. They've clinched the one seed. They've clinched a lone first round bye and home field advantage. The Detroit Lions, 11 and 5, have just clinched an NFC North division title. Cowboys, playoff berth. We don't know what's going to happen in the division. Eagles, playoff berth. Rams, 9 and 7, playoff berth. So, let's talk wild card stub. <laughs> Yeah, Falcons. so many. <laughs> Falcons are 7-9 and nine at the 8-8 eight eight New Orleans Saints. If the Falcons win and Tampa Bay loses, tell me who Tampa Bay plays against, Stubb. Uh, Tampa Bay is playing the Panthers. Or yeah, Panthers right? yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's why yeah. it sucks. <laughs> but maybe the Panthers pull one out of their butt. Uh, but Atlanta needs to win their game, get to 8-9, and, and have Tampa Bay lose, and they would win the title of the AFC, NFC South at 8-9, below 500. That's what I'm rooting for. Give Taylor Heineke a start, get him in. Uh, Dallas against Washington. They win the NFC East with a win or a Philadelphia loss. Packers are 8-8. Eight eight. They're against the 7-9 Chicago Bears. Green Bay gets to, into the playoffs with a win or with a tie and a Seattle loss or a tie and a Tampa Bay loss. Or a tie and a Seattle tie and a Tampa Bay tie. <laughs> or if Minnesota loses and Seattle loses and Tampa Bay loses, then Green Bay would get in. My goodness, this is difficult. We go over to Minnesota, 7-9. and nine. Here's what the Vikings need. They need a win against Detroit. I think they get that done. Detroit has not looked very good the last few weeks. They've been up and down. Detroit won their last game. They've That's still all been, I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, but they've been up and down. They've definitely been up and down. Uh, Minnesota needs to win. They need they need to beat Detroit. They need who's Green Bay playing? They need Green Bay to lose to Chicago. They need Seattle to lose. Who's Seattle playing? They need Seattle to lose to the Cardinals. God, Ooh. oh, it's not looking <laughs> so, good yeah. for my Vikings. Why do I care about the Vikings? They're not even having Josh Dobbs yeah, we anymore. Were, we, we locked in the Rams and the Seahawks to make it. That's yeah. what where yeah, we I were at recently. Right. Uh, Saints have a chance. Saints need to win against the Atlanta Falcons, and they need Tampa Bay to tie or lose. So a New Orleans win and a Tampa Bay loss gets them in. Uh, the Eagles obviously need to win and need Dallas to lose to Washington, which we really don't want to happen. <laughs> Seattle is 8-8 eight and eight against the Cardinals. They are in the playoffs if they win, and Green Bay loses. So Green Bay has the edge over Seattle. That's interesting. It really is. Is the pack back? Yeah, you're 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 you were out on the pack. Back. I was out on the pack, being back, and I was loving love. You were. Lo- are you still loving love? I love love. All right. Uh, Seattle can tie and have Green Bay lose, or they can tie and a Green Bay loss and a New Orleans loss. Tampa Bay can get into the playoffs with a win against the Cardinals. That's why Tampa Bay has. It, it, to me, it looks like this in the NFC South. Tampa Bay has the best chance to get in. If they lose. All of a sudden, New Orleans has a shot. If New Orleans and Tampa lose, then Atlanta with Taylor Heineke is going to so come storming season. into the postseason. Yeah, but Tampa's going to beat the Panthers. Yeah. Like, let's... <laughs> but you never know. You never know. And that's why they had the whole movie any given Sunday. For that mm-hmm. reason right there. All right? So, uh, look, that, I, I think it's going to lead to a lot of fun the final week. Because that's... Look, this is why Roger Goodell argued that they added the 17th week. Right? The Or the 18th week, the 17th game. So that... Fans would have something to watch for. Because for years, 
it was wrapped up for weeks. Yeah, you know? this really seems down to the wire for yeah. so many teams. They added a seventh wild card spot. They added a 17th game. And it begins on Saturday with the Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens. And then your late game is Texans at Colts. Wow. That's that's for the postseason right there. Yeah. It's pretty smooth. Just about every game is for the postseason for yeah, someone. Except for, yeah, let's go through the games that are snoozers. That, all right? that don't matter. Give me, a, give me a dong for this. Uh, Cowboys Commanders doesn't. Cowboys should win the division. Um, oof. Jags Titans, I guess. Even though it matters for the Jags. Oh, Jets Patriots. Snooze fest. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Um, that's about it. That's a, Everything yeah, mattered. Yeah, I mean, Broncos still have a small shot, right? Do they? Broncos I, Raiders? I don't know. It was the Bengals that got eliminated. Yeah, I eliminated. think the Broncos Raiders the, both might be eliminated, yeah. so you can earn that. Um, yeah. Chiefs have already clinched. They play the Chargers, who are out of it. And then, yeah, every other game yeah, Everything matters. matters. Everything matters. I think the best game is going to be Sunday night. Bills at Dolphins. Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. I mean, with you this then. this has been the season of up and down for the Bills, and I would love for them to get in the postseason. And this game has like implications for everyone. Yeah. Not and, just the Bills and the. And Dolphins. we have a two dollar fifty cent bet we on do. this game. We do have it. So yeah. it's, that's a big bet. I mean, the Bills us. could still lose and still make playoffs. Yeah. Like that is is entirely possible. Yeah. With, with the Steelers having to beat the Ravens, which Ravens might be taking it easy. How about MVP? Is it just it's Lamar? It's Lamar. It's Lamar. It's Lamar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I agree. And I've wanted it to be Lamar all season long because everybody was like, oh, Lamar's not that good. He doesn't deserve to get paid. And then literally seven teams, including the stupid commander's front office and Ron Rivera, reached out and said, we're not interested. All all these teams were quiet. They weren't letting people know if they were in or out on Lamar. Washington had to put their foot down and say, no, we've got Sam Howell. (laughs) He's our QB. Are you kidding me? If you watched a single Ravens game this season, you can tell Lamar is the best player on that team. 3,678 yards, passing a ton of rushing yards, and oh yeah, 24 touchdowns to just seven interceptions. The quickest quarterback to 5,000 rushing. Yeah. By 20. By 20 games. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. You can tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. TM tweets us. He has an answer to our 12 grapes question. He says it's a tradition in my family from Spain and Puerto Rico. Ah, Ah. 12 grapes at midnight for 12 months of good luck in the new year. Portugal borders Spain, so yeah. I, I, will, I will get partial credit. So am I losing my Italian points then for that? Yeah, you will. You will right. have to. If you're Italian and that's your tradition, also tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910thefan, now at 105.1 FM. First show of the new year here on the second day. January 2nd, 2024. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio, and if you're enjoying this show, spread the word. Send the podcast to a few friends. It's easy. It's available on iTunes or Spotify or the Odyssey app. Just search AWOD Radio, and you'll hear the best of AWOD Radio released every single day. It's a full hour available for you on your ride home. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, as he does every Tuesday at 1.30 to run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia, from CBS 6, it's Lane Casadante. What's up, Lane? Adam, how are you? Bonanno. 
<laughs> Happy New Year's. How was your holiday vacation, man? It was uh, it was uh, somewhat extended. Uh, <laughs> it was one of a it was one of a kind, some once in a lifetime stuff. So it was very very good. What uh, was I hope the- everybody else. Hope everybody else, if you got time off, I hope you get to spend it exactly as planned. What was the once-in-a-lifetime thing? Uh, we actually attended, um, my family and I attended Midnight Mass at the Vatican this year uh, with the Pope. So wow. uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you, if you watch it on TV, you see one thing, but then when you're there in person, it's, uh, completely different. So that was uh, that was kind of a bucket list check off for us. What was the best thing you ate on this trip? Uh, everything. <laughs> I didn't, we did not have one bad thing on the entire trip. It was. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a little different over there. You, anybody that's ever been to Europe knows that uh, they eat a little differently than we do. Uh, they eat better than we do. <laughs> um, so it was there. There was not one bad thing about the entire uh, the entire. Uh, the entire trip. Man, I love to hear that. Lane, do you know about the 12 grapes on New Year's tradition? Because that was new to me that I just found out about. The 12 the twelve what? Grapes. These, these, these girls and some guys were getting under the table and eating 12 grapes at midnight. <laughs> I, no, that is a new <laughs> one on me. I know about the, I'm Italian, so I know about the seven fishes on uh, Christmas Eve. If you've seen the movie, uh, uh, Green Book. Yeah, uh, what they're doing at the end of the movie in uh, in his apartment is pretty much the way I grew up. So, but I've never heard of Twelve Grapes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's a wild tradition. Uh, what would you say is your sports New Year's resolution, Lane? For me, I want one pro team in this area to make the postseason. That's what I'm desperate for. Yeah, I think um, I think if I. It, it, I would really like to see both VCU and Richmond come together in this world of NIL and the portal and, you know, the, even the biggest fans needing, a, you know, a roster and a program until halfway through the season. I would like to see, and I, and I know VCU has really, the last couple of games especially, now that they're healthy and now that uh, we talked with Hector Trianotum earlier this morning, they're starting to get to where he was kind of envisioning them being when he had to assemble this roster back in the summer. And I think Richmond is the same way. It is going to be a gradual process, and I think this is the new normal. This is what basketball fans are going to have to get used to. And I think if I would just hope for anything, it would be that you know they start to come together uh, sooner rather than later um, just because, you know, coaching coaches and coaching staffs now have to put so much more into just keeping a roster and keeping you know uh, a program going than they ever had to even you know five or six years ago. Yeah, you made a great point there. And Lane Ryan Odom, the head coach of VCU, he has a problem. He knows it. The fan base knows it. We all know it. But it's a good problem. The problem is now with Bear, Bearstow and Bamisil back, they've got too many guys. VCU has a full 10 that they play, so he really has to find a way to tinker with the rotation and lineups to keep everybody happy but also have the most experienced players playing at the right times in the game. And and I asked him uh, something along those lines earlier this morning about how the rotations are going and about how you know now they're learning to play with each other a little bit more. And 
he he actually obviously the coaches have more insight than we ever will. He says that you know the opponent kind of dictates a lot of that as well. Uh, when they played Gardner Webb the other night, Gardner Webb all of a sudden went to a very small lineup and had you know five guard well one center and five guard ish type players out you know faster quicker guys and he has to adjust his minutes and his rotation accordingly and it's really going to just depend on what different teams throw at them as to who we're going to see out there on a nightly basis now that can be tough for the guys too because if you're used to getting a certain amount of minutes and all of a sudden you play one or two or maybe even three opponents in a row that play a little bit different style um you know it, it could it could kind of disrupt. They, they have to be ready at all times, and that's all coaches ever ask of athletes is just be ready when your number is called. And that could be a little bit of a challenge depending on the team you know that they're playing each night. Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have. It really is. Uh, because, you know, Zeb Jackson, for example, was at 30 minutes a game. Now recently he's been down to 20 or 22, and that's going to be better in the long run. I think he's going to be healthier and have more energy at the end of the season but also, when you're losing 10 minutes, you know, you're thinking in the back of your mind, man, I can't make the mistake. I can't miss this shot because I might not have an opportunity later. So it's a problem, but it's a good problem for VCU to have. Lane, let's go over to the NFL, and the playoff picture is becoming a lot more clear now. But did you have a take on the end of the Cowboys game against the Detroit Lions when the officials said that the guy had not reported, even though it was on television, everyone saw it, and because of that, the Cowboys won the game. What bothers me about situations like this, and it's, it's somewhat unique to the NFL for some reason. It's not, they're not the only ones that this happens to, but you know, baseball umpires can do makeup calls a little bit easier. Basketball referees can do makeup calls a little bit easier. You know if they miss one, um, they're going to make up for it in relatively short fashion. The problem that I have with situations like this is the NFL and especially their officials are so arrogant about things like that. You just come out and say, okay, you know what? We messed up. Right. Um, you know, we, we got the numbers confused. One guy, and, and I think it was kind of, you can understand it partially because the guy that was reporting as eligible was the starter. And the guy that was going to play a traditional tackle position on the play was the backup guy. Well, referees get used to seeing the same numbers, too. And you could forgive someone if they got that backwards. Oh, the guy coming in off the bench is going to be eligible. That makes sense. The starter's going to play tackle on this play. That's not what happened. And, but they never come out and admit, yeah, we kind of screwed up. Yeah, we missed that one. You know, uh, sorry about that. You can't make it up. You can't go back and replay it. But I think it would, you know, just admit it. I mean, we all make mistakes. Just admit when you do it. Yeah, no, it's a great point because to me, it really looks like the NFL is rigged, right? I mean, everybody and their grandmothers now betting on sports. It's become so popular in this country now. I represent FanDuel, sign up promo code AWOD. But it's just so frustrating to see a play like that decide the game and then after the results of the play, a flag comes out and, oh, yeah, uh, he didn't report, so the the two-point doesn't count. But then I also argue, I think Dan Campbell's an idiot. Why would you go for the two-point conversion then from, like, the seven? I, I really think that was so stupid of him, and he kept saying, we were committed to going for the win. You have to adjust. The refs made a mistake. You have to adjust. They should have taken the game to overtime, Lane. 
Well, and you can you, you know you can go back and forth and argue his decision on that left and right. Um, but you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that you know everybody thinks the NFL is rigged. That used to be a joke. It's not so much a joke anymore. Right. People actually, and I know it's a giant conspiracy theory, and we all pull out our tin hats at various times with various things. But the NFL has a real problem on their hands, and if the officiating keeps going in certain directions which affect money lines in Vegas now because, as you said, betting is so prevalent. The NFL, had they are going to have to really come out and say, listen, this was an honest mistake. And they're going to have to, you know, and I know a lot of people are just like, oh, that would never happen. They don't do that. You, you know, you guys are just being conspiracy theorists. But we're talking about the integrity of the game. And if you think that the fans are interested in the integrity of the game, I can tell you for certain that Las Vegas is. Absolutely. I mean, when you have people betting numbers in the thousands, ten thousands, hundred thousands, and millions, uh, I just think it's impossible to to believe that these refs aren't being approached by people with a bag of money, right? And and whether you believe it or not, it's just it's out there now. You know, the the NFL script was a joke last year. Now now it's kind of feeling real, and and it's frustrating. Lane, thanks so much for the time, man. As always, good stuff. Adam, thanks for having me. Have a great week, everybody. Yep. Happy New Year. That's Lane Casadante. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, back here in Richmond, Virginia, live and local in the 804. Phone lines are open. You can always tweet us throughout the show as well, at AWOD Radio or at 910 The Fan. And in the NFL, there is one final game left in the season. The 49ers are first place in the NFC. But as of today, the Dallas Cowboys 11-5 are winning the NFC East and hold the lead over the Detroit Lions, also 11-5, based on the game that took place last Saturday. And I think if that game was a Sunday night game with everybody at their office the next day, it would have dominated sports radio yes. all week long. Yes, absolutely. But because what was the date of this game? Was it? It was like after Christmas, before it was, New Year. It was Saturday. It was Saturday. It was a Saturday Monday night football game. Yeah, because they still had the, right. That was the weird <laughs> was, bit. Yeah. I was watching with my friend. They're like, "Why do they keep calling it Monday night? It's giving me anxiety." Yeah, <laughs> the the Saturday night Monday night football game. Yeah. So Dallas against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Dallas was up seven three at the end of the first. Tied at 10 going into the fourth quarter. Both teams traded scores. Detroit goes down the field, scores with 23 seconds left. Yeah. 23 seconds left. They have to decide if they want to send this game to overtime or go for the win. And it was the perfect story. It's America's most hated team versus uh-huh. the Lions, who it is kind of our America's a miracle most right now team. how they're yeah. doing. Yeah. And the 40 seconds left, down by seven, and they make it all the way down. Yeah. And then. And we all knew Dan Campbell was going to go for two. Yeah, we all, that's he got the on the fourth see, down there, every single play. There's a whole conversation about here. There's like three different conversations. Number one, I don't like going for two there. Like, I, I kind of feel like my team scores. My team has the momentum. We kick the extra point. You know you're going to make that. Even though in the NFL nowadays, you know, nothing's easy. Nothing's guaranteed. You know you're going to make that, and then you go win the game in overtime. Then they go for two. They miss the two-point conversion. There's a flag. They get moved back. 
He decides to go for two again. Then there wasn't there wasn't there another penalty? Yeah, it, it, and, and then, then they go for two back forward five right. again, and then they go for two again. I I fully support the first time they went for it. Yeah, oh, because they had okay. that trick play. Yeah, and it worked. Yeah, and they made it and they won the game. Right, and they <laughs> talked to the officials about it before the yes, game. And, told them we're going to run this. Yes, and then and you see, and then the ref is like, no, seventy reported. You, we have the footage. Yeah. Seventy was ten yards to the side. Sixty-eight was in front of him. Yeah, you. They have the video of Goff telling him to go talk to the guy. And I don't think that this is like a rigged thing. I think it was a mistake. You this, think it was a mistake? Yeah. To me, this is just kind of an example of one: the NFL needs full-time refs. They don't have all their refs aren't full-time. The NBA yeah. and the NHL. Yeah. All well, have also they refs. need to be able to go to replay and look at that. Yes. And also, it's just it's crazy how undigitized refereeing is in football. Because you look at tennis, and they know exactly where on the field the ball hits. Yeah. Like they have that screen cap. Yeah. But with like first downs. They're just eyeballing they're, it. Well, like, they're, I don't, they're bringing out the sticks. Yeah, right. right? And we're bringing out the chain game in 2024. Like, this is something that someone should have typed in a computer and reported to someone, and it was over the overspeaker about who yeah. was going to report. Yeah. It shouldn't be on this guy to remember. It should right, be to in come his up ear. He's got to yeah. touch his he's chest. And, and, yeah. He's got to rub his nipples for the refs to know that he's The eligible. ref in his ear should have someone say 68. Yeah, eligible. Like, that's right. what it should be. I don't yeah. know why, like, high school football is refereed the same way that the NFL, NFL is. is right, right. And I, that's where my problem is here. Is we yeah. that we're, there's so much money the NFL has that they're not spending on. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And so I completely disagree with the first going for two. I hate the second one after the penalty, yes. and then the third one. I I was like, I guarantee they're not going to make it. It wasn't their favorite play. It wasn't their second favorite they, play. It was the third one. They were they were betting on a loss. They were the chasing their losses of a there. Play. Yeah, they, they had it perfectly, and they were just like. Oh, we th- we should have won it, and then they just were too stubborn. You know, you know, and, uh, and but I watched the whole game. You know where I really think they lost the game though was the play in which Dak oh. Prescott was sacked <laughs> in the end zone, somehow escapes and throws it ninety-two yards to CD Lamb. Yeah, where a guy runs at him full speed, dive tackles, yeah, and misses, grazes him. Yeah, and and I someone I don't I don't know if it's Grant Paulson or or Michael that tweeted that. It seems like people are scared to tackle a quarterback, yeah. which is a whole nother problem. Oh, yeah. And, and that's definitely what it was. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb had a great game. Then he got drug tested the next day. <laughs> because that's what the NFL will do. They they don't do anything that's updated technology. They're still doing the chain game. But, wow, about, boy, do they love to uh, drug test you after a good game. Yeah. Well, we got all this money to do so many things for so many promotions, for big screens. But we, we can't put a chip in the ball Yeah, to, it's to see where it lands. I, I just... I don't get it. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. I mean, it's just, it just really did feel rigged. Uh, like That's what I look back at it and I say, man, this was this was not fair of the NFL to do that. I think it's 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 a thing where if stuff like this keeps happening, you're going to lose more fans every time. Yeah. You, you have to take a level of accountability. It just, I mean, maybe I'm different because I hate Dallas. But it just felt like Jerry made a phone call because he went out there and he did. Let's they there was they were promoting him. There was a whole halftime where well, he was like, let's "It's a go, bigger Cowboys. picture thing to me. It's the NFL." Uh, here's the thing: like, let's pull back the curtains a little bit. All right, we all know because we're in the industry. The NFL makes their most money from the TV rights. The TV viewership goes up, 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 and up for the games that matter most, aka the postseason, right? The playoffs, right? What do you think they want? They want people to watch the game that's in Dallas, in Jerry's world. They want the Cowboys to have a home playoff game so that they fill the stadium and that they get really good TV ratings. Yeah. 
That's that, to me. That's what it looked like because Dallas will now most likely be the second place team. They will have a home playoff game. Detroit was going to have a home playoff game. It's really hard to 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 make this seem like it was an honest accident. Right. It, it's hard to say. I think it was. I in it's it's hard to have been. But, but you made a great point when you said 68's coming over and he's, yeah, he's rubbing his nipples, he's, like, he's, he's touching his chest, and, and he's making all these weird gestures that are so in the archaic. Right? And so 70 comes up next to him and we Seven, saw no, no, that. No, no, 70 was 10 yards away. Like, you can look it up. There, yeah. there were two guys in front of the ref. Yeah, 70 yeah. wasn't one of them. Right. 70 was basically behind the, uh, the offense huddle. But why does nobody get in the ref's ear and say, That's hey, just thing. to confirm, 68 is the one that is eligible? Yeah, I don't know why one of the guys in the in the boxes because seventy was playing like guard, and a guard is never eligible. That's what's so frustrating about it. Like, where uh, are you getting this from? It was it was devastating to me because it so much time passed between them getting the two point and the flag being thrown. Yeah, right. I know. Oh, I was basically celebrating. Yeah, I was too. Me and my dad were like, "Whoa!" You know, we'd watch that whole game yeah. together. No, we were I, excited. I think most people watched the game and they said, "No bleeping way!" Yeah, no way. It was awesome. Cowboys got lucked into the win. Yeah. So unfair. I mean, it's just. And they I, should have gone for the kick after they failed the first time. And you can get mad at Dan Campbell for that. But they had the strategy and it worked. Yeah. They, they mean, had a trick just, play and they tricked them. That guy was open. Yeah. And maybe Do we have any because, audio of Dan Campbell? Yeah, I have that. Hold on. Yeah, let, me, let me hear Dan because it's just. I, I want to hear his explanation of going for two because I heard it the first time. And it was to me, it was just a defeated head coach. And. I get it. You're pissed off after the game. But he didn't have a backup plan. And I think that's part of the reason that they got screwed here. Obviously, they got screwed by the refs. But he didn't have a backup plan. I mean, why would you make a backup plan? I guess. It's, it's the, the the oh, in the very small scenario, we need to go for two at the end of the game. Right. Well, I mean, I guess how, you got to think times? about, hey, what if we jump off? What if we jump false start and we have yeah. to do this again? You know, let's yeah. hear head coach of the, uh, the Detroit Lions after the 20 to 19 loss to the Cowboys. I told the offense that we were we were going down 141 left. We're going to go down and score, and then we're going to go for two and finish this game out. I told them that, and so that's what we were doing. See, that's that's the thing to me that I don't like is that it's that's just so cocky. That's like the that's the manliness of Dan Campbell coming out. We're going to get the ball. We're going to go down the field. We're going to score. We're going to go for two. I don't care if the two point conversion is from the 40 yard line. We're going to convert. We're going to win this game. But that's kind of been his his thing the whole time. Oh, it's going been his on MO. the fourth. Yeah, going that's on kind the of fourth. why a lot of people I've talked to in Detroit think he's a phony, right? We had our, our buddy um, Greg Henson on the show who covers uh, Detroit and Michigan now in Michigan, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't believe in Dan uh, Dan Campbell. He's just a bunch of screaming meathead." No, I respect it. I respect it's it's a unique and it's different. He's it's he's playing different. differently, it's, and I, and and I like that. I think that's it's a better coaching style than Ron Rivera. It's, it sure is. Uh, you think Dan Campbell has, ever has a game where he doesn't know what to say at halftime? Where he doesn't have a <laughs> yeah. halftime speech? He's, I think he's he at least breaking something. Speech. Yeah, <laughs> He lives for that. It's just unbelievable. All right, let's take a listen to Jared Goff, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions, talking to the officials before the play. What, were, what was your conversations with the officials there? You trying <laughs> to say something. When? Uh, pretty confused. <laughs> what I do know, and I don't know if I'll get fined for this, but I do know that Decker reported. I do know that Dan Skipper did not, and I do know that they said that Dan Skipper did. So it's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. Now the Lions got screwed, and they're going to be most likely the third place team in the NFC. And look, I, I do, I still think the 
NFC runs through the 49ers, and I would even say, screw Dallas, screw Detroit. I think Philly's still going to go on a run in the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, they've been looking so bad. I know, but I, I just think they're gonna they're gonna come together. Yeah. I mean that that's that's an excellent <sighs> football team, and then just have they just have too much talent. Right when they get fully healthy, and they've got AJ Brown on one side, Devontae Smith, they can hand it to to Swift. I mean, they've got so much talent. I'm going to pick 49ers Eagles right now is your NFC Championship game. Nobody's going to be talking about the fighting Dan Campbells or the Cowboys. I hope though, not not for the Cowboys, but for Dan Campbell. Yeah. And I want to bring up something Goff said there. With yeah. the, he does. I don't know if I'm going to get fined for this. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, if he does. Well, that's that's the thing with the NFL is they are like Big Brother, where you have to watch what you're saying because they're always looking. Yeah, are we gonna start getting fined if we say the refs did a bad job soon? Are no. they are they gonna go across the world? No, but but, but if we that. were working for the NFL, we'd have to watch our mouth. Yeah, I mean it's that's why you know all the players and stuff say, hey, I'm I'm just up here so I don't get fined. Yeah, that's, I, that's the bit. <laughs> I, I texted my friends this after that game. Imagine if it, that had happened to the Chiefs. Oh. What Mahomes would have done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mahomes would have grabbed that ref by the neck, <laughs> choked him out. My goodness. Cowboys win unfairly 20 to 19. That's your NFL hits here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.